Well, as we come to a new year, I'm launching out on some of my work that is part of being an interim pastor. And this is a sermon series on the purpose of the church. Because if you're going to be the church, and if you're going to call a pastor to lead this part of God's church known as First Baptist Church, you have to have an understanding, a sort of a a joint understanding, a unified understanding of what is the purpose of the church. Now, some of these sermons will seem mundane, pragmatic, controversial, and also including some historical background information so that we can understand and be challenged so that we can truly be the church for the world today. The the sort of short version of the purposes of the church divided out, uh, I call preaching the good news, N-E-W-S. This is a mnemonic device, so if anybody asks you, what's the purpose of the church? You can say, oh, it's good news, N-E-W-S, nurture, education, worship, service. Now, there's more to it than that. But that helps you to remember what is the purpose of the church. It's news, and it's good news. Nurture, education, worship, service. So today I'm talking about worship. First, let me say that we can worship God as individuals. That in our own lives, in fact, I hope that we do in our own lives where we are in our daily prayer and Bible study time, in our devotional reading or our reading of religious material that sharpens our understanding, that can all include worship and adoration and thanksgiving to God. But there is something about the human spirit And there is something from the call of God that draws us together together to worship this God who calls us by name and who claims us in our baptism. So that's one of the key purposes of the church is that we gather to worship as the people of God. And so I want us to explore our understanding of worship with a few questions and statements that will illustrate the various parts of the nature of worship. Is worship evangelism? Yes, but not the only or the main purpose. Is worship for building up individuals in their faith and service? Yes but not the only purpose. Is worship to build up the body of Christ? Yes, of course, but there's more. Is worship entertaining? Hmm. (laughs) Well, worship should never be boring, but entertainment's not the purpose. Is worship a good habit? Sure. But like aerobics, it's not the end in itself. Worship is a response to God and God's blessing, yes. 
Worship is a declaration of the gospel. Yes. Worship is commitment. Absolutely. Worship is public witness. Of course. And worship is service. Always. Worship is all of these things. And yet it comes together in a comprehensive whole that allows us to lift our hearts and to give them to God in a way that honors God and contributes to our wholeness as the people of God. Now it wasn't always so. There was the time when the relationship between the people of God and God grew more and more distant until finally God complained through the prophets. Listen to what the prophets wrote speaking God's word from Amos 5. I hate, I despise your feasts, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me burnt offerings and cereal offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fatted beasts, I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. To the melody of your hearts, I will not listen. But let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. God doesn't want lip service. God wants, wants us to be about doing justice and righteousness. That there has to be a continuity between what we say and what we do, or it doesn't count. Or take Isaiah chapter 1, the 11th verse and following. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or the he goats. And yet, after God speaking through the prophets, the people continued in their old style of worship because it had become their tradition. And it became more and more displeasing to God. The God of Israel was insulted by their worship when it was with their lips but not their lives. What they thought, felt, and did was incongruous with what God expected of them. That the wholeness of their being was the offering that was given. And that was true then. And that's true now. Psalm 96, the Chelsea read, suggests that it is not just we who give praise to God as human beings, but that it is the very essence of all of creation the trees and the streams and the rocks will cry out. It is an affirmation that worship isn't just what we humans do, but it's all that is created and exists, gives glory to God. And so what are we doing in worship? We're hosting the holy. We're hosting 
the holy. Remember the story of Moses before the burning bush. Take off your shoes. This is holy ground. At her wedding, Amy uh, had brought in a nationally known minister. And when he came, he took off his shoes. Amy was barefoot. She invited all of us to take off of our shoes that were there in worship because it was holy ground where the gathered people of God had come to worship God in celebration of that marriage. Take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. Worship is the bending of the behavior to the will and ways of God. Worship is the bending of your behavior to the will and the ways of God. Consistent worship, being here week after week, month after month and year after year, has a molding effect on us. It is in being together and hearing the word of God read and proclaimed and the songs sung, the prayers offered, over and over again, that you become formed in the ways that God desires for you to be and changes you in ways that are subtle. And you may not even realize that that change is happening until you look back. Worship is also lifting voices and lies in prayers, in praise of God, for the world to hear. We're speaking for those who don't have freedom of worship. We're praising for those who have not yet found their way to a congregation, a gathered group of people. Think about the oppressed churches or the underground churches in Russia or in China. They would gather together at great risk of their lives. And the church thrived. But that was not the kind of worship that was for the world to hear, but it was to sustain them until they ultimately were set free. And in Russia today, there is much more freedom of worship and the churches are flourishing. People can now gather together. How much they hungered to be able to worship together, that they were sacrificing their jobs and even their lives because they could have been fired or they could have been killed for worshiping God. Worshiping is lifting voices and lives in praise of God for all the world to hear, but especially those who do not yet know the love of God or do not have the opportunity to gather in that way. And thirdly, worship is our primary personal mode of affirming our faith and announcing God's lordship in our lives. Think about how in the Baptist tradition is that great walk of commitment as you come down. And as you say to a congregation after an altar call has been made or after an invitation to give your life to Christ has been made and people come and stand and make that public declaration, it's in worship. 
that that occurs. It is in the gathered body of the people of God where we can affirm our faith and announce God's lordship in our lives. Now, I've noticed something uh, about this congregation. And it is that at the end of the worship service, that there's a, a whole swarm of people who are, come over and speak to Dennis. And so I, I asked Dennis what that was about one day. And he said, I hear two things. He says, I hear people giving me thanks and appreciation for the music and what went well in the worship service. And I hear complaints about how the worship service went. <laughs> and my question, <laughs> my question is, why do they go to Dennis? <laughs> I tell you what, it's a good thing they do, though. Because if you came to me to complain about the worship service, you know what I would say? I'm going to tell you. Which part of the worship service do you think God didn't like? Which part of the worship service do you think God didn't like? Because the purpose of our worship is not to please ourselves, but to worship God. To give praise and glory and honor to the Almighty One. And so... Go ahead, go to Dennis. Don't come to me. You know what I'm going to say. We're in the midst of worship wars. This is a great conflict that stretches all across the church, not just First Baptist Church. We have as many as four generations of families that are worshiping in the church, and every generation knows what worship should be like and what they want in a worship service. So how can we speak to the long-term members that have been here for 60 years or 50 years and at the same time speak to our six, seven, eight-year-olds and our teenagers and our college age and our uh, new young working families? How can we do that? You see, the, the conflict becomes because we think about mind versus emotion. Is it an intellectual exercise or is it something that lifts our spirit? Well, why does it have to be one or the other? Why can't it be both? It's about meaning or commitment. Is there meaning in it? Or do we come, whether we're bored out of our gourds, and just come out of commitment because we've made the decision to. Why can't it be both? One man told me that in his experience one out of four worship services spoke to him and if that was the ratio he was fine with that. He came the other three Sundays because he never knew which Sunday would speak to him. <laughs> and is it tradition or innovation? Is it tradition or innovation? That's the biggest war of all. The problem with this question is that, what do you mean by tradition? Most people mean that it's that we sing hymns that were developed in the late 19th century and the earliest 20th century. That's tradition. 
And I say, well, tradition goes back farther than that. Tradition goes back to the Gregorian chants. Tradition goes back to the desert fathers and mothers who were there giving their lives to God. Tradition goes back to the earliest signs of the church in the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th century AD. And all of those traditions have value. But what do you mean when you said, is it tradition versus innovation? Applying tradition to today can be very innovative. And it doesn't have to be a dichotomy of one or the other. It can be both. So, we are here on the stage and God is the audience. And as the actors in this time of worship, your presence, your attitude, and your participation all are a part of our offering to God. So before you complain about what was in the worship service, take an attitude check. Think about what it is that you have brought to worship with your own attitude and your own presence and your own participation. Now, I'm not saying you can never make suggestions for how worship can be improved, because obviously we are seeking to worship and have worship experiences of excellence, because God is worth giving our best, and we can always do better. But let's take an attitude check and think about what is the purpose of the church because the maintenance of divine worship is one of the greatest challenges that we face today. The purpose of the church is to provide appropriate worship of God, not to keep old ways, nor to invent new ones for novelty or entertainment. We have to constantly find appropriate ways to communicate the gospel to a new generation of believers. Paul wrote in Romans 10, 14 to 7, the words that remind us that we have to speak to a new generation. But how are people to call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? And how can people preach unless they are sent. So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes by the preaching of Christ. And that's not just the sermon, that is the whole of our worship service, is the Word of God. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we do seek to have true worship to honor you and to lift our heartfelt thanksgiving and adoration. Lord, let us hear this your word today, that it would speak of ways to worship you that are honorable, that are just, and that are true. Amen.